Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. I'm the host of this podcast, Lane Frank. Happy New Year. We have a great episode coming at you. We're gonna break down the college football playoff in the national championship game that is on Monday night. I'll be there in attendance in Houston for my Michigan Wolverines, the biggest game of my life, taking on the Washington Huskies. Great CFP we had. NFL week 18 regular season playoffs coming down to the wire to figure out who's in, who's out. NBA, a lot going on there. Talk about it, episode 151. Top into it. Now, let's start off episode 151. How we always do the headlines. First thing right here, though, forgot to mention in show the Tyree Kill jersey giveaway will be announced in this episode. The winner of that giveaway, go follow Squared Sports on Instagram, Outsquared Sports. Gonna have a lot more giveaways in the future. Get to it for that. Thank you for everyone who entered, but we'll announce that at the end of this episode. Let's get this thing kicked off with our NBA, NFL, college football, college basketball, and MLB headlines. Let's hop into it. Detroit Pistons out in the NBA finally get a win. Their first win since the first week of the NBA season. Great to see it. Pistons get a win. It really seemed like a game seven atmosphere. Getting that win right there. It was electric. Last few games, they were really close. They didn't get it. Then they finally got it. It was electric. We love to see it. Lakers struggling right now. It could be upon Darvin Ham. It could be upon a lot of guys. But I think it's just the players not showing up. You can say what you want about their rotations not being great. That is what it is. They just don't have enough star power when it comes down to the end of the day. You have LeBron James, you have Andy Davis. That's great. What do you have outside that? You're missing that one piece. Maybe if you get that one piece in a Donovan Mitchell, in a DeJounte Murray, in a Trey Young, whoever it might be, they need an extra piece. They want to be title contenders. They need that extra piece desperately if they even want to make the playoffs, in my opinion, because right now they're sitting at 10. That's going to get into the play-in, not going to get into the playoff yet. So yeah, a little bit concerning right there for the Los Angeles Lakers. One thing in the NBA about my favorite team, New York Knicks going over everybody's head right now, was the R.J. Barrett trade. R.J. Barrett, former number three overall draft pick, projected to be the cornerstone of this Knicks franchise only about five years ago, 2019, now traded over the Toronto Raptors for O.G. Anobi. This is a great win-win deal. I think the Knicks get a great 3-D player, great defender, O.G. Anobi. Now they might flip him for somebody better, but still, O.G. Anobi, good player. Mayo quickly, that is tough to give up for the New York Knicks, but you still get that center, pressure the true in that trade. It can make up a little bit for the Mitchell Robinson injury out for the rest of the season. Knicks need to make this trade if they want to be competitive because when you think about it, OG Anobi probably is better than RJ Barrett. Say what you want about RJ Barrett, the hype is not there anymore. You can't just say he has so much potential, he's 23 years old. We've seen what that potential is. It's it's just 18 points per game. It's a black hole in offense. That's why I see how RJ Barrett. For Mayo quickly, that's a bit tough, but he's not going to start over Jalen Brunson. Knicks don't need another guy chalking up. 30 shots a game, it seems like. So, OG Anobi, great deal right there. Press to the Chua, glad to see it. And they even get Malhai Flynn back right there. Win-win, in my opinion. RJ, new change of scenery, love to see it. More to the NFL, great week we had there. Entering our final week of the regular season, week 18. 49ers, now the number one seed in the NFC. And the Ravens, number one seed in the AFC. Both these teams are dominant. Both these teams had that great game where Ravens kind of seemed to destroy them in that one. Didn't really live up to any of the hype. Highly anticipated game on Christmas Day. Didn't live up to the hype, though. Ravens blew them out of the water. I think that can be the Super Bowl rematch. I still have that being the Super Bowl rematch. And I have the 49ers winning that Super Bowl still because I still do think they're the better team. Some things went wrong in that game. I think it will get cleared up by the time the Super Bowl. Both these teams won seeds in their conferences. Lions, a little bit of controversy right there. Maybe could have got that one seed if the game didn't get blown against the Dallas Cowboys. Call what you want. Taylor Decker reported. He won a million percent report to the referee Shouldn't have been a penalty. Shouldn't have gone that two-point conversion. Should have won that game for the Detroit Lions. It's a mistake by the refs. They need to own up to it. That's just my thoughts right there. But playoffs right around the corner. A lot of teams, are they going to be in? 
Are they going to be out? We're going to break that down. The Squared Sports NFL Game Day coming up next. College basketball, a lot of stuff going on in college basketball. Brian James has made his debut, played a few games already, and he's looking pretty good. Had 15 points the other night, but USC is struggling. This is a team that has a lot of good guards, but nothing really outside of that. They have Boogie Ellis, amazing four-year point guard in college basketball. Brian James, amazing, and Isaiah Collier, number one player in the country. They don't have anything outside of that. So they go up against these bigger teams, these better teams that are good at shooting. They can't defend them, so they're going to have to try to outscore them. It's not working so far. Maybe something needs to switch this USC basketball team, but still lost star power. Brian James, love to see it. Now, sleeper team in college basketball this year, FAU made the Final Four last year, preseason top 10. Then the hype dies down a little bit because they lost to Bryant University, and everyone's saying, okay, this is just regular FAU. They're nothing good. But then they beat the number two team in the country, Arizona Wildcats, in double overtime. And what a great game that was. So, back on the hype train. But then they lose the next week to Florida Gulf Coast. So I don't get this FAU team. Are they great or are they terrible? It's going to be fun to watch March Madness because they can beat the top teams in the country, but they can also lose to a 16 seed, a 15 seed, a 14 seed, whoever it might be. Interesting to see. College basketball, always fun. James Madison, still undefeated. Number 19 in the country. Great run they've had so far. MLB. Haven't got to talk about this yet. Yoshinobu Yamamoto has signed the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's what the benefit of, was of deferring that Otani contract because they can give another guy a max contract. That guy, Yamamoto. Now, it's a big, big investment for a guy who've never seen pitch a baseball game, Major League Baseball game. Big investment giving him that big of a contract because what if he's terrible? What if he needs Tommy John surgery? What if he's no good? That's a concern. But from what I've seen, looks like a top seven pitcher on the planet. I think most people would agree with me on that one. That's part of the headlines. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, Squared Sports NFL Game Day. The last full slate of NFL games we have. Now, I'm not picking all 16 games. I'm picking six of these games. The fringe playoff games. Who's in? Who's out? Let's hop into it. Steelers versus the Ravens. Big game right here for the Steelers going up against Tyler Huntley. They're going to win this one. Lamar Jackson not playing. They already have the one seed. You win this game, it's just for pride, honestly, for the Ravens. Nothing to gain. But for the Steelers, getting to the playoff, that's big right there. For the Ravens, I guess you could say locking out your big travel from the playoffs is a big thing right there. Mason Rudolph gets it done for the Steelers. Something interesting right here. Kenny Pickett refused to be the backup for the Steelers last week. So he was an active instead. Refused to be the backup. Not a good look. First round pick, you're taking a guy who's been in this organization for six years or seven years for Mason Rudolph over your former first round pick. I like it because Mason Rudolph's playing great. Mike Tomlin doesn't care about his first-round pick. Just a little interesting right there on this future of this Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. Steelers over the Ravens. They get into the playoffs. Texans versus the Colts. Who wins the AFC South? Now, Jaguars obviously still have a chance right there. But we got the Texans. They get into the playoffs. Big win over the Colts. Locking out the Colts in the playoffs. It's just Stroud, only rookie quarterback in the NFL playoffs this year. Falcons versus the Saints. Big game right here. Falcons can knock out. Saints for the playoffs. Falcons have nothing to gain right here. But Saints win this one right here. Dennis Allen gets a winning record. Now, this doesn't mean they're in the playoffs yet because Bucks versus Panthers. The Buccaneers win that game. They're to the playoffs. I had the Buccaneers win that game. Buccaneers over the Panthers. They get that NFC South win over New Orleans Saints. Great game right there. That was last week. Saints won it, but also Bucks beat them earlier in the season. So they do have that tiebreaker and a few other things going on. Bucks win that division over the Saints. Let's go. Baker Mayfield into the playoffs. Bears versus the Packers. This game doesn't have massive playoff implications. Yes, Packers still fighting for a playoff chance. They're 8-8, eight and eight, and Bears 7-8. They're 7-9. They're out of this. What I found interesting was the Bears win this game. They finished the same record as the Green Bay Packers. 8-9. Eight, eight wins for a Bears team that didn't have their starting quarterback 
for about four or five games a season. Something interesting to think about right there. Do they keep Justin Fields after the season? We'll have to see. But I got the Packers win this one. We're going to eliminate that whole thing. Bears fall to 5 and 10. Packers rise to 9 and 8. Winning season. First full season starting for Jordan Love. Bills versus the Dolphins. Bills own the Dolphins. I'm going to see it right here again. Bills own the Dolphins. They keep on winning. They win this one right here. Bills crossed them earlier in the season. I was back in September. Win this one again. I just think this Bills team is too good. Sean McDermott is too good of a coach. Josh Allen doesn't make the mistakes. This Dolphins defense gave up 56 points last week. 56 points to Baltimore Ravens. A team that doesn't even like to go that quick. Bills, they're going to destroy Dolphins in this one. Bills beat the Dolphins win that division over Miami. That's about for Squared Sports and a full game day. Now, top five. This week's top five is my top five teams in the NBA. Got enough info in the NBA now. Some of the way through season, October, November, December. Now we're to the January month of the NBA. Some teams, you find out are they pretenders or are they contenders. This is the time to figure it out. All-star break next month. That's really going to find things out. But here are my top five teams in the NBA this point into the season. New year. Happy New Year, everybody. Number five, Minnesota Timberwolves. Number one in the West, record-wise. But you look at them, those nine losses, some bad games in there, losing to the New York Knicks the other day. I don't love it. They're still a really good team, but they're number five for me. Four, Milwaukee Bucks. The defense for this Bucks team has been atrocious at times. How can you trust them in a seven-game series against a team like the Pacers when they've lost to them four times already this season? It's struggling. It's maddening, in my opinion, because the only one they have are the Pacers right now is that game where Giannis dropped 63. That's a concern right there if you can't beat the Pacers. Pacers are a good team, but it's other things out there. Adrian Griffin is a good head coach. I saw Stephen A. calling for him to get fired today, but he's a good coach. Just got to figure some things out. A little bit of turmoil has gone with that staff this year. They fired Terry Stotts first week training camp. They got a new assistant coach in there. They'll figure things out. They're number four for me, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Three, Los Angeles Clippers. Seven-game series, everyone's healthy. They might win the NBA championship, but that's a big if. You have to get to that seven-game series first. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but everybody has to be healthy. You can't just have Paul George healthy. You can't just have Kawhi healthy. You can't just have Harden healthy. It has to be all of them healthy at once. When a big three works, they're all healthy. The biggest problems we see with big threes in the NBA now is they're not healthy. Look at the Brooklyn Nets, 2021 season. Kyrie Irving gets hurt. Kevin Durant, only one out there really because James Harden was also hurt. So it was really only Kevin Durant and a banged up James Harden for that game seven against Milwaukee Bucks. Other big threes in the past have struggled due to injuries. I don't want to see that with this Clippers team. I don't think we'll see it. I think the way they've gone right now, they've all been healthy. Three, Clippers. Two, this one's a bit controversial because the team I have above them, but number two is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I have the Boston Celtics number one. I know the Thunder beat them, just beat them, but in a seven-game series, that game is at home for the Thunder. In a seven-game series, I'm taking Boston all the way. Now, it might be the NBA Finals. It might be a seven-game series. It's going to be great. Go to seven. But I got Boston as the better team. Boston Celtics, Best team in the NBA, Thunder. Number two, that spot for top five. Now, did you know, this you can know is it's on the most beautiful site in sports, the Rose Bowl. I love the Rose Bowl. I went to the Rose Bowl a few years ago. I didn't appreciate it enough. It was the Georgia-Oklahoma playoff game. It wasn't a traditional Rose Bowl because it was a playoff game. I just didn't appreciate it enough. Now, this year's Rose Bowl is my favorite Rose Bowl of all time to watch. It was my first time being able to watch my Michigan Wolverines in the Rose Bowl, and it was great. It's a historic site. It's only ever been played outside Pasadena twice. It's rich, over 100-year history. The first time, 
it got played outside Pasadena was in 1941 and the only time it's ever been hosted on campus when the Duke Blue Devils hosted it in Durham, the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl was played in Durham, North Carolina versus the Oregon State Beavers. Kind of crazy to think about. Only time it's ever been played on college campus. Rose Bowl was once played in Durham, North Carolina on Duke's Wallace Wade Stadium. Did you know that? Leave down in the comments. That's about it for Did You Know This Week. Now, my spot of the week is on the most complicated position in the NFL to understand the running back position. Do they want more money? Do they want more years in their contract? Whatever it might be, the running back position, they burn out the quickest of any of them. But they can also be a star of the quickest. I was thinking about that the other day. When you look at all 32 starting running backs in the NFL, how many Hall of Famers do you see? You got the stars. You got Alvin Kamara. You have Saquon Barkley. You have Derrick Henry. Are those guys Hall of Famers? They're not. The only running back in the NFL right now, I'd say is well on their way to be a Hall of Famer, is Christian McCaffrey. All the other guys are about burnt out by now. Saquon Berkeley, not going to say he's burnt out, but he's not going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. Derrick Henry is burnt out. Thank you for getting me four points in my fantasy championship. Alvin Kamara could say he's burnt out right now. Doesn't have a Super Bowl, doesn't have any of those accolades to go with it. Those are the star running backs in the NFL. Now, Christian McCaffrey, he's a guy who can win a Super Bowl this season. Has the receiving stats, has the running stats, has an offense player of the year, probably can get an MVP this season or come close with Lamar Jackson. Just a little thought out right there. This position has changed so much, you're not going to see many more running back Hall of Famers because these guys burn out so quickly now in their careers. You're going to have to win a Super Bowl or two Super Bowls and have an MVP or two MVPs to be a Hall of Famer as a running back now because your career ends that quickly. You look at Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had an amazing high school career, five-star recruit, amazing college career, first-round pick. Few great years in the NFL, and then he's done with football because he burns out that quickly. That's how quickly a star running back can burn out because you have the four years of high school football, four years of college football, five years in the NFL. What's that telling you right there? That's about my spotlight for this week. Interesting to think about. Not many running backs in the NFL are going to be Hall of Famers. Only one active running back in the NFL right now is going to be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, and that's Christian McCaffrey. That's about my spotlight. Leave your thoughts. What do you think of the running back position in the comments? Now, what lane would I take? Haven't done this segment in a while, but I'm going to tell you what lane I would take with the college football playoff, with everything going on in college football. If I was the head of college football, which I know a lot about college football, I said I know the most about college football, anybody, let's hop into it. What lane would I take? College football playoff, how I would approach it. Now, two years ago, before week one of the 2022 season, everybody was fed up with how the college football playoff had gone because in the 2021 playoff, both semifinal games were blowouts. 2020, both semifinal games were blowouts. 2019, one good playoff game. 2018, no good playoff game. 2017, same thing. So they wanted to switch. They said, let's add more teams to this college football playoff. Let's add 12 teams to it. Everybody's like, oh, whoa, we wanted to expansion. Not 12, though. 12's a lot. But maybe it'll help out some of these very terrible college football playoff games we've had. Since then, we've had four of the best college football games of all time. Georgia versus Ohio State. Noah Ruggles' kick gets sent in 2022, misses in 2023. That was a classic right there. Georgia wins by one point. Michigan TCU, most high-scoring third-quarter thing in college football history. Michigan loses that game by six. Great game. Now 2023, great playoff games. Michigan versus Alabama. Milrow gets stopped in fourth and goal. Last play of the game, went off that. Texas versus Washington, last play of the game again. Gets stopped off that. Both playoff games came down to the last play of the game in the red zone. That's what you want to see in college football. It was amazing this year right there. Do we really need expansion after we just saw those past two years of the college ball playoff? 
Say you want about TCU. Georgia was just the best team in the country that year. That's why they pummeled TCU in that championship game. We don't need expansion. You look at Florida State. They lost 63-3. to You don't need 12-team expansion. Now, Georgia probably should have been in that playoff because Georgia might be the best team in the country even though they're not in the college ball playoff. That's not a hot take right there. That's just a fact. Georgia might just be the best team in college football. When you see them 63-3, maybe they just had one bad afternoon defending Jalen Milrow, which teams can do, not Michigan. So maybe you have a playing game. Maybe you have the five seed play the six seed. Winner of that gets to play, say, the one seed in the college football playoff or the two seed, whoever it might be. Like how you have in the NBA with the playing game. Seven plays eight, five plays six, go off that. That doesn't seem like such a bad idea, in my opinion. But to go to 12, to go with all these automatic bids, it seems like the NFL. When you look at the NFL, you can see a terrible NFC East team a few years ago get into the playoff over a very deserving team like the Miami Dolphins. I remember a seven-win Washington football team got in over a 10-win Miami Dolphins team. That Dolphins team would have beat that Washington football team. That's what we're turning into for college football because you can say, well, that one-loss SEC champion is so much better than that two-loss Pac-12 champion. Get the Pac-12 champion gets that playoff nod. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't get that 12-team playoff. That's what should change about college ball playoff. Make it six teams. Make it eight teams. Make it that playing game. So I'll propose you this right here. You have the seven seed, play the eight seed. You have the five seed, play the six seed. Winner of those games plays each other. That's how it should work in my opinion. Winner gets in the playoff, like how you have it in the NBA. And one last thing I might add right here. The national championship game every single year should be at the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is the most iconic venue in sports. It was amazing to see the Michigan game. I don't care about seeing the Michigan game in Energy Stadium. I'm excited to go to that, but it's a dome. It's not college football. The Rose Bowl is college football. That's what the fans want to see. Everybody wants to see the Rose Bowl's national championship game every year. I promise you will not get sick of it. It's amazing. That's about my thoughts. The lane I would take with the college ball playoff. Like I said, make it a playing game. Seventh seed plays the eighth seed. Loser of that game gets bounced. Winner of that game plays the loser, the five-six game. Go off that. That's how the college ball playoff should be, in my opinion. Leave your thoughts in the comments. College Ball Showcase. The biggest College Ball Showcase we've ever had on this show. Now, if you followed Squared Sports since 2020, when I was just 12 years old, that was a terrible season for Michigan football. I'm the biggest diehard Michigan football fan in the world. I watch every game. I know every player. I know everything. The ins and outs of Michigan football. That 2020 season was a rough one. Two and four. If you told me today... Michigan will be playing the national championship in 2024. I think you're crazy. And I think we've made the playoff the last three years is also crazy. This program changed around so much. 2020, terrible season. 2021, amazing season. 2022, amazing season. And now we're here. The national championship. So I want to talk about Michigan first, and then we'll get into Washington. What happened with Michigan is you've had years of terrible, terrible seasons. Then you hire Jim Harbaugh. Seems like things are going great. Great first year at Michigan. 2015, they get 10 wins. Great second year at Michigan, they get 10 wins again. Third year, some things happen. Not a great year. Fourth year, 10 wins again. Fifth year, that nine wins. And then the sixth year, the rough 2020 season. And people are starting to think, he's never beat Ohio State. He's 0-5 versus Ohio State. What's going to change? Well, 2021 happened. Michigan loses to Michigan State on the road. Tough game. But they make the college football playoff. They beat Ohio State. It all happened. And they run it back in 2022. And they run it back in 2023, this season. And what an amazing season it's been to lead to this national championship game. Past years, Michigan loses that game in Alabama. Michigan gets throttled by Alabama. 
I remember going to the Michigan season opener against Alabama when I was really young, and Michigan lost that game by about 35 points because the skill difference was there. When you watch Michigan-Alabama, there's a skill difference, but it's from Michigan now. When you watch that Rose Bowl, it looked like Alabama was going to squeak by Michigan. But no, Blake Corum, Roman Wilson, J.J. McCarthy, this defense had other plans. It was great to see. What a win that was to the Michigan Wolverines. Now let's flip things over to Washington, other team in this college ball playoff. Washington made the college ball playoff once in 2016, made it again this year. Chris Peterson steps down in 2019, and it kind of puts a turmoil into this program because they hired Jimmy Lake, defense coordinator. Things go great, it seems like. 2020, COVID season, they don't play many games. Okay, 2021, week two, they're in the big house. I'm in the big house for that game against the Michigan Wolverines. It's kind of a make-or-break game for both programs, I like to call it. It was the game where Jimmy Lake's Washington tenure died, and it was where Jim Harbaugh's renaissance, you could call it, of this Michigan football program began. Because that's when Blake Corman has a breakout game. That's when you saw, maybe this just isn't the same Michigan Wolverines as we've always seen. Maybe this year they break over that hump, and they did it, and I think it all started at that maze out in 2021. It was a great game to go to. And for Washington, Jimmy Lake didn't have many games after that. They fire him. They bring in Kalen DeBoer for the 2022 season, and they bring in Michael Panks Jr., who had a fantastic career at Indiana, just injury riddle towards ECL twice. Michael Pikes Jr. has had an amazing story from being kind of a low recruit in high school, lefty, doubted, Tennessee takes his offer and he was committed there, to going over to Indiana, have a great three seasons there, going to Washington. Last year, great season they had, only two losses, one to UCLA, one to Arizona State, a game they shouldn't have lost, and they beat the Texas Longhorns in their bowl game. The same thing they did this year. Every game for Washington this year, they have been doubted by me, and everybody, first game of the year against Boise State, I'm saying, whoa, 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 watch out for this. Washington's on upset watch. They won that game. They destroyed it. Some other games. USC game, for example. I'm saying, whoa, whoa watch for Caleb Williams. Watch for USC. They're going to win this one. The Oregon game, twice. Watch for Oregon. They're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. They won both times, Washington. Oregon State, oh, watch for Washington to lose this game. They won that game. This team is resilient. Every game might be close, but they win Every single game. Best team. One of the best teams in college football. Ranked number two. This is going to be an elite national championship game. I'm going to be there. It's going to come down to this. Washington has the best offense in college football. Michael Pax Jr. is the best quarterback in college football. No doubt about it. Roma Dunze is not a better receiver than Marvin Harrison Jr. Let me remind you of that right there. Everyone likes to say, oh, Romo Dunze is better than Marvin Harrison Jr. No, he's not. But the rest of this... Washington receiving core, combined with Romo Dunes, who's the second best receiver in college football, is better than that Ohio State receiving core that gave Michigan some trouble. Gave it 24 points to Ohio State. Michigan's defense, though, that front is getting me amazing. That front seven is the best front seven in college football, as Nick Saban said today. But the good news for Washington, they won the Joe Moore Trophy for the best offensive line in the country. For Michigan, this defense for Washington isn't that good, but Michigan offense doesn't always know how to take advantage of that. That's what I'm excited to see in this one. Washington fought back against Texas. Every game, it seems like they're underdogs. Even if they're favored, they're underdogs. Weren't favored in that Texas game, even though they're a two-seed. Texas is three-seed. And they win that game. This is going to be an amazing college football game. But you know who I'm going with. I can't. I can't pick against Michigan. Boom! Go blue. Let's go blue. Biggest game, Michigan football history for me. Never seen Michigan now's championship game. I'd call that Alabama game the biggest game I've ever watched for Michigan football. Bigger than 2021 versus Ohio State. 
I'm going to come to tears if Michigan wins this game against Washington. You're going to get that live reaction at a national championship game. I'll be there in Houston. Go Blue! Michigan wins their first national championship under Jim Harbaugh. Let's go! Now, still a little hold them, fold them, not for quarterbacks in the NFL, but for head coaches. Week 18, where NFL head coaches go and die. After week 18, most of them seem to get fired, seems like. If you're on the hot seat, you're going to get fired after week 18. It seems like that decision's been made by your team for a few weeks now, and they only announce it, they only tell it to you on week 18. Let's hop into it. Are these teams going to hold their coaches or fold them? What would I do if I was these teams? Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus, head coach. Hold them or fold them? Now, Matt Eberflus is a decent head coach. But there are so many better options out there. Jim Harbaugh, for example. Don't take it from Michigan. Please don't. But there are better options outside Matt Eberflus. Sorry, Matt Eberflus. Probably a good guy. Fold him. Zach Taylor, you can't ruin that Joe Burrow-Zach Taylor partnership after one bad season without Joe Burrow. When you want to have a franchise quarterback, you don't create turmoil like this. Does Patrick Mahomes ever have a season without Andy Reid? No. Did Brady ever have a season without Belichick? No. Don't mess it up right here. Zach Taylor, hold him. Dennis Allen, fold him. This is what the Dennis Allen experience is. He's a defense coordinator, and he's not going to give you much. He was Sean Payne's replacement, named him the head coach. There's better guys out there, in my opinion. Example, Ben Johnson, offense coordinator for the Lions. This is peak Dennis Allen, and it's 8-8. Eight and eight. You really like that? Dennis Allen, fold him. Arthur Smith, it's wacky. It's exciting, whatever it might be. Let's hold him. Maybe he's doing the right thing. Maybe Kyle Pitts just isn't a good weapon. Maybe Jordan Robinson need to rest a little bit his rookie year. Maybe he's just a mastermind all this. Maybe if you give him a quarterback... He'll do some good. Give him Michael Pags in that offense. Maybe it's great. Arthur Smith, hold him. Antonio Pierce, Raiders, interim head coach. Raiders have made this mistake in the past of not keeping their interim head coach. Rich Bisiaka got him to the playoffs. Didn't win that game. Still got him to the playoffs. They didn't keep him. He's with the Packers now. Antonio Pierce didn't get them to the playoffs, but he was dealt a tough hand of cards. A lot of players like Antonio Pierce. But there are better head coaching options out there for the Las Vegas Raiders. It's Las Vegas, everybody. Don't make the mistake of getting on Josh McDaniels, but don't make the mistake of hiring an intern. Antonio Pierce, I'm sorry. You're going to be a good coach. A few more years, maybe you'll become a great NFL head coach. Fold him for Antonio Pierce. Ron Rivera, this is a tough one. I'm going to go hold him for Ron Rivera because he's such a great locker room guy. I think everybody values that. Eric Bieniemy, give him one more year. Give him a good quarterback. Say you pair Eric Bieniemy with Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Drake May. Sky's the limit, in my opinion, for this Washington Commanders team. Hold them, Ron Rivera. Sean McDermott, this goes to the Zach Taylor thing. You don't want to ruin that quarterback-coach partnership. Now, if you don't want a playoff game, then there's some things to think about. But as of right now, hold them for Sean McDermott. And the biggest name on this list, Bill Belichick, hold them or fold them. What do the Patriots want? They want to get back to that glory. They want to get back to that Super Bowl because it's going to take a while what they have right now. And Bill Belichick's not going to be around for five or six more years as an NFL coach, regardless of if they fire him or not. It's going to be tough for Robert Kraft to do. They got to fire. They got to let go of Bill Belichick. He's a great NFL coach, the best of all time. But it's time to let go. There's no Brady. There's no Brady's growing on trees. There's no Brady and Bailey Zappi. There's no Brady and Mac Jones. There's no elite Patriots defense on this roster. There's no Randy Moss, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Robert Gronkowski on this team. So it's time to start from zero and build up a dynasty again. And that starts with firing Bill Belichick. Those are my takes. Full Bill Belichick. That's about holding or fold him this year for NFL coaches in the NFL.
Now, I told you it was coming. The Tyreek Hill Jersey Holiday Giveaway winner will be announced right now. The winner of this year's holiday season giveaway was on Instagram at MacDonaldK15. This Tyreek Hill jersey be sent over to you. Congratulations, Tyreek Hill, premier wide receiver in this day's NFL. Love to see it. Tyreek Hill, it's his signature right here. Best NFL wide receiver, you call it. Hold up. Tyreek Hill, elite NFL wide receiver. We love it. Stay tuned. Follow Squirt Sports for more giveaways at Squirt Sports on Instagram. Now, the best for last question today. This week's question is, should the Lakers fire Darvin Ham? My answer is no, 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 no a million times. This guy got you to the conference finals last year. This guy got you the in-season tournament championship this year. Now, LeBron's a big part of that, but you still have to have a good head coach to go with it. You can't have another head coach mid-season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Darvin Ham, maybe some bad coaching hires he's had in the past, maybe some bad rotations he's put together, but give him a few more stars. I interviewed Darvin Ham before his first season with the Lakers. He was a great guy. Great to do the interview with me. Seemed like he's going to be a great head coach. He's done that so far. Game to the Cards Finals. So don't hate on Darvin Ham yet. I say yes, Darvin Ham should not be fired. But what do you say? Should Darvin Ham be fired? Is your answer yes for that? Or is it no? I say no. Darvin Ham doesn't get fired. Leave your thoughts on that in the comments. That's about for question today. That's about for Squared Sports and Lane Frank, episode 151. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter, at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for the best sports content in the world. Be back here next week, episode 152. Stay tuned.